Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading lower this morning with Japan leading the way down 1.5%. Korea is in the red 0.97% and Australia is down 0.55%. Now overnight on Wall Street, stocks suffered a sell-off, pulling back some big gains that were seen in the prior session. And this comes as investors are watching out closely for the release of the jobs data later today, which could help determine the pace of the Federal Reserve future rate tightening. And here's a breakdown of how the major indexes performed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 0.56% to close in at 34,395 points. The S&P 500 closed down 0.09% to 4,076 points. And the Nasdaq Composite gained 0.13% to end off at 11,482. Now, despite a bullish open on the back of a slightly better than expected inflation measure watched by the Federal Reserve, traders showed caution before the important Friday jobs report. And they are looking towards the data on non-farm payrolls, the unemployment rate and hourly wages on Friday for insight into the labour market, which has been relatively strong despite the hopes of contraction. So right now, let's bring in Ryan Huang to tell us all about the latest headlines. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing this Friday morning? Happy Friday, Dan. Yes, Ryan. So now, let's talk about, you know, the release of the jobs data. And, you know, before that, there were actually some key reports that were released yesterday and it may provide signs as to how the US economy is performing. One key inflation measure that the Fed follows closely, the core personal consumption expenditure price index, it rose 0.2%. That's lower than expected. And there's another one, the ISM Manufacturing Index. That's a widely followed gauge of manufacturing activity posted a lowest reading in two and a half years. So walk us through the details and what does it indicate about how inflation is moving? Yeah, if you look at the PCE index, like you pointed out, rising just 0.2% in October. That is pretty much the second smallest increase this year. Mm. So that gives some hope that the rate hikes in the past few months and quarters are starting to trickle through. And cooling inflation without maybe sparking a hard landing or recession. So that is the hope that we are seeing some signs of that happening. Right. And that could feel or give some food for thought for the Fed meeting in the next two weeks that maybe they could actually start to afford to take their foot off the pedal like what Jerome Powell said yesterday in his comments that maybe they can actually start to moderate those rate hikes in time to come. So that's the... I guess, good thing about the reading on the inflation front. So providing hopes of how hikes might not need to be as aggressive as um, we were expecting. Mm. And then move on to the ISN Manufacturing PMI Index. That gave a reading of 49 below the consensus forecast of 49.9 and under the 50.2 reading from the prior month. So all in, it is the first time it is under 50. So in other words, contracting for the first time since May 2020. So that's the, I guess, indication of how things are starting to slow down, at least on the PMI front for manufacturing. And this is also an indication that maybe those efforts by the Fed is starting to play out. But something that Jerome Powell has been saying is, um, you need more data. You mm. need to keep track of how these things play out. It's still quite early. And he mentioned earlier this week that 
the U.S. is still quite far from price stability. Um, so that's something he is mindful of when he thinks about moving policy too fast. He needs what he calls substantially more evidence to provide comfort that inflation is actually declining. So he is reading the signs but not yet ready to commit to any pivots with much conviction yet. So uh, for now, it is encouraging but not enough to move the needle. Mm, all right. And yes, as mentioned as well, the Fed also prefers to use the PACE index as it takes into account the changes in consumer behavior, such as substituting less expensive goods for pricier items. Now, Ryan, you know, because all of this data now, it's showing that the interest rate is actually kicking in into inflation, right? So then why weren't they enough to move markets into the positive territory last night? Yeah, that's a tough one because you do have some encouraging signs, but there are possibly some profit-taking happening in the markets right now after Wednesday's bounce. And Mm. you also have the Friday non-farm payrolls report to look out for. So perhaps that is just seeing investors take money off the table as they head into the numbers tonight in case things don't work out well. Um, So that's one of the possible reasons. And we also had a bit of a bounce after the COVID-19 restrictions have been at least speculated speculated to be lifted further in China. That also helped. And that is starting to fade as well when it comes to the momentum. So it might just be a case of markets starting to stabilize in some sense uh, as they head into the closely watched numbers out tonight, the non-farm payrolls Mm. data. And help us out here. What should we be watching out for? What are the numbers that we have to take note of? All right. By and large, the consensus forecast is for an increase of 200 and 8,000. And that follows a stronger than expected rise in October of 261,000. So by and large, um, market watchers are hoping that the recent hikes by the Fed in terms of interest rates will help to dent the hot labor market. Um, And if we do get that happening where those aggressive rate hikes have um, been able to dent the job market's which have been quite resilient in recent months, if that plays out, then that could give some comfort that maybe further rate hikes may not be necessary. So if we do get that um, tough indication, uh, it could be favourable for markets. All right, so now let's move on over to another story of Elon Musk. The US regulators partially approved plans by Elon Musk's SpaceX to operate another massive fleet of Starlink satellites, and that gives the company the go-ahead to launch 7,500 of a proposed constellation of nearly 30,000 satellites. What's the significance of this move? Yeah, it's quite interesting to watch um, Elon Musk going into space, and on this front at least. Mm. Uh, so, Effectively, Starlink satellites give internet access to people without going through a telco because it's, like the name suggests, through a satellite. So it has been deployed in many places, like, for example, Ukraine recently because of all the damaged infrastructure. So in terms of potential applications, this has something that could be big for many industries. For example, in the maritime industry where there is no telcos or structures or cable lines there, that could be useful. When you're in the desert, when you're far in the forests or jungles, it could be useful as well. So in terms of applications, there are many potential ones to uh, look out for. So this is a huge step for communications, at least 
for internet communications. Mm. So something that will help Elon Musk on that front. Uh, so something to watch out for on the satellite broadband space. Okay, and what does this mean for other companies like Viasat and Amazon who are also contesting to expand their satellite network? Okay, so Viasat and I pointed out Amazon's Kuiper systems, they also are moving on that same path to mm. build their own so-called constellations. So Viasat is uh, something you might be familiar with if you fly aircraft enough and look into who's manufacturing all these wireless systems on board. So potentially in future, Starlink could be serving these aircraft as well, providing internet services, maybe even faster internet Mm. or even broadband to fuel your streaming services. So that is something that will, of course, be competition for these players as well. And also worth noting, Elon Musk in the news overnight for his other setup, his Mm. health tech setup, Neuralink. Mm. So that is something interesting to watch out for as well. He is promising or raising the hope of brain implants computer chip brain implants in as little as six months. So that will be something useful for those who may be affected by conditions like ALS or strokes or even have lost um, their vision in their eyes. So something that could help turn around these conditions in some fashion and also, of course, potential applications for military use or even virtual reality entertainment. So exciting times ahead. Mm, But this is also confusing me as well because his focus is supposed to be on Tesla as well, right? Yeah. But in today's day and age, we hear the latest build-up was Twitter and then now we have SpaceX and now we have um, the brain chips. So what then? What's next, Ryan? Yeah, who knows? Maybe something for you to think about. How many Elon Musk's are there out there really? Mm. He's already cloned himself. He's running so many (laughs) shops. All right, that's something we'll be watching out for as well. Now let's move on over to a stock that's also making headlines overnight, and that's Salesforce. Now Salesforce shares closed down 8% as analysts and investors digested Wednesday evening's earnings report and the surprise news that co-CEO Brett Taylor will be departing by the end of January next year. Now, the company did report a solid quarter after the closing bell, but it looks like investors aren't very happy that the co-CEO is leaving. Why is that, Ryan? Yeah, I've always been struggling to wrap my head around the idea of having a co-CEO. It's Mm. not very common, but some companies think that's the way to go. And in this case, Salesforce has or had two co-CEOs, at least for now until January. So it is uh, seeing Brett Taylor. He was seen as the successor of sorts. Uh, for Mark Benoff, who was um, the founder of the company, uh, he has left in a surprise move. So this is interesting because it's almost like deja vu. Not too Mm. long ago, we had another well-respected executive, Keith Block, formerly from Oracle, Mm. also co-CEO, also seen as a potential successor, leaving. So it is starting to raise questions. Are there more problems at the company than what people can see from the outside because you have in quick succession two potential successors choosing to depart. And that is a sign of perhaps how Mark Benoff may be struggling to manage his executives, especially those who may be groomed to be his successor Mm. and maybe he's refusing to yield control of the company. So all these questions are starting to come up and it's just leaving investors with, um, I guess, less confidence in how 
the future of the company will look like. Right. Already, you've got some analysts starting to question these fortunes. Morgan Stanley is one of them. They have lowered their price target for Salesforce mm. from $273 to $250. So they are saying the prices are more negative than positive. And they are looking at growing margin compression amongst other issues as well. So all in, not a good look for Salesforce. Mm, right. And do you think that they will find a successor to fill in the shoes of Brad Taylor? Well, he's managed to find successors before mm. to be co-CEOs. So I would not be surprised if there is going to be another one. Okay. And that's something we'll be watching out for as well. And investors will also be closely monitoring on the company. Now back at home, we're currently 20 minutes into the local trading day. And yesterday, the Straits Times Index closed higher by 0.07% to end off at 3,292 points. Ryan, how is the SEI performing this Friday? Yeah, so across the board in the region, we have markets pretty subdued and this tracks the action overnight on Wall Street, which was mm. largely negative. And looking at STI, it is underwater, giving back yesterday's gains, down 0.5% at 3,278. Let's take a look at the 30 constituents and only 5 are in the green. At the bottom is Sankop Industries, down by 0.9%, followed by Singtel, Capital Corp, Wilmer, and UOL. At the top, you've got, or at the bottom, you've got Jardine Saka and Carriage, down mm. 2.1%, followed by Fraser's LNC Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, and Capitaland Ascenders REIT. So, not a great start for these trusts. Okay. All right, now we're going to play a game of up or down. And if you're regular, you would be familiar with this game. I pick a stock and a topic and you guess whether it's an up or a down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. All right, the first one on the list, sets. I would go with up for sets. So hmm. there is some clarity at least with what's playing out for sets. So they have announced some details around their renounceable underwritten rights issue to partially fund is acquisition of air cargo handler worldwide flight services so it says it'll be raising up to 800 million dollars via this rice issue and so this is expected to be launched in the first quarter of next year and is subject to conducive market conditions and the satisfaction of regulatory approvals so typically when this happens some investors may be worried that there might be some share dilution and it might affect the share price uh, and also the pricing of the rice issue is going to be affected as well. Mm -hmm. But CFO Manfred Sia gave some comfort to shareholders saying a massive discount would only be necessary in distressed situations and as a last resort. And he says SATS is certainly not in that position. So some comfort there with this acquisition on the horizon. Yes, and that's going to be an up for me as well. At least we, we are getting some news on the follow-up of their acquisition. Now, next on the list, we've got UOB. Okay, UOB is going to be an up for me and it's up for its interest rates. Uh, if you've been following headlines, it is raising the interest rates on its flagship savings account following similar moves by other banks. So on the one account, it's almost doubled from 3.6% to 7.8%. And this applies to a few conditions for balances between 
75000 to $100,000 and customers have to spend at least $500 a month on eligible UOB cards and mm. also credit their salaries into their account. So as usual, a couple of conditions to meet but interest rates are going up like many other banks. Mm. And UOB is definitely going to be an up for me as well and in fact, it now has the highest maximum bonus interest rates that's among the three local lenders. So that's an appeal to have. Now, finally, Jetstar, Ryan. All right, Jetstar in the news because it has reached some clarity on where it's going to be operating in time to come in March next year. So this is going to be at Changi Airport Terminal 4. So it is confirming its plans. And this is going to see the first Jetstar Asia flight arrive on T4 uh, on that day from Manila. And mm. this is um, after quite some lengthy discussions when they actually back in July refused to move from t- Terminal 1, T1 to T4 after Changi Airport Group announced the relocation for many airplanes, including Jetstar. So Jetstar not too happy at that point, but mm. now seems to have reached a compromise. That's good. All right. Now, Ryan, before I let you go, what's your plan for mm. this weekend? I'm going to think about visiting the National Museum of Singapore. Oh. So this is where they've got a couple of exhibitions, exhibitions going on, which okay. includes the... Day of the Dead, which is being run, I believe, by the Mexican Embassy. And alongside that is the Doraemon exhibition. Oh, yeah. So that could help to keep my kid entertained for some time. I know that was coming. <laughs> All right, thank you, Dan. Me, myself, uh, well, I'm planning to actually take it easy because last week, you know, I'm still recovering from the post-holiday blues. You know, yes, then you've had it. too much fun. Time to start to um, relax. Get back to work, yeah. Everything's slowing down towards the end of the year, but do keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.